Hey guys, this is Lauren with the Mindful Business Podcast. Uh, co-owner of RW Business Solutions, a digital marketing firm located in Charlotte, North Carolina. We do social media management, graphic design, website development. Um, And every week I have started giving you your weekly dose of business, mindfulness, things to help you maneuver uh, in your life. So that way you can expand into your business and open up to endless possibilities. So I'm very excited today. And I've been very excited about the fact that I've had guests and people wanting to be on the podcast and collaborate. Uh, But today I do have a guest. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Hey, thanks for having me on the show, first of all. So I'm Jahan Sator, and I am a complex character. (laughs) (laughs) I am a mindfulness teacher, a, a truth teller, and I host the Boundless Authenticity podcast. And so... I'm also a coach and that's really how the whole podcast gig came up. So I understand that um, this is a really great opportunity for your listeners to get different perspectives by having people on because I, I really started it as a, a sort of uh, long form content for my own coaching. And I assist people by showing them how to be mindful and how to allow the negative automatic thoughts about the events of the external and the associated programs to just kind of come up and reveal themselves fully so that they can learn how to work with these things so that they can establish deep inner peace and operate from uh, purpose and passion. And um, a lot of my work focuses on removing disempowering thoughts and beliefs from the subconscious mind which cause us to create favorable i uh, sorry unfavorable emotional consequences and circumstances so i think i'll leave it there for now and <laughs> let you give me some questions also my chickens say hi <laughs> So this week on the Mindful Business Life, we are talking about breaking through those subcontracts, uh, subconscious uh, preconceived notions that a lot of times are set onto you at birth, uh, our pre-programming, our pre uh coding and pre-beliefs that, you know, our family puts on us, our church, our friends. And so um, we're going to talk about how it sabotages you and and we're going to hopefully help you find ways to work through the sabotaging, the self-sabotaging. Like we've talked about already is like everything we do in our, in our life, especially when we start becoming more mindful is going to be what helps aid us into seeing an expansion in our business. So the more alignment we are in life and the more we work on ourselves in our life, the easier things get and the more flowing and the more opportunistic life becomes. And so I'm really excited today. um, And the, my women in business community, we talked about imposter syndrome. And I think um, this has a lot of, um, it has a lot to do with the limiting beliefs that we've had placed on us since we were kids. So um, let's just talk about the concept of imposter syndrome. So imposter syndrome for most people is, um, you know, feeling like you shouldn't talk about topics or shouldn't be present online or in life because you want feel like you don't have the experience or that you're not good enough or that, um, I don't know, you're just nervous. Your confidence level is not high enough for you to feel comfortable in those situations. So, um, 
I struggled with imposter syndrome for a very long time, just like many people. And for me, it's just because I tend to like to be kind of quiet and off to the side. And if people need me, I rather people come to me rather than me put myself out there. Um, But I'm realizing that um, in order to be uh, of service and to, uh, you know, of service to the people, like I want to be, I have to be willing to let go of that that nervousness of like, let everything come to me. I have to be willing to step out and do the work. And so the self-sabotaging around the concept of, you know, imposter syndrome is I'm not enough. I don't know enough. I shouldn't be telling people things. And so a lot of times you end up finding yourself not doing, not following through, not showing up as your authentic self. And it's like, I told the women in the group this morning, a thousand people are going to talk about the same thing you're talking about. You know, there's no, no really new concept anymore. Uh, all concepts have been kind of thought out and talked about, but the way you um, bring it to fruition or you bring it to the people is going to be what kind of sets you apart. And so even though uh, Casey over here is talking about imposter syndrome, more people might resonate with me on this side because something about our energetic connections or something about the way I give my perspective on it is going to be a little bit different. Um, so I've really learned that even though everybody's kind of doing what you're doing, the best thing you can do for yourself is to continue to show up. Um, so yeah, I'll kind of stop there for a second. Where do I, where do I even begin? Um, (laughs) To simplify that, what I would have to say is that the root of all inaction is a subconscious program. And that subconscious program is I am not enough somehow. Right. And that sounds really simplistic because People have this built-in concept of themselves, and I, and I do feel as though it's some, somewhat hardwired in the brain through evolution, where human beings, by default, believe that they are their own best psychologist. <laughs> and so what that does is it leads the average human being, including you and I, who are doing the work actively, into what I love to refer to as a self-justification index. It's like a mental Rolodex of all the names and the numbers and the excuses you call up to justify the shitty reasons why you can or won't do what you know you is you what you know is best for yourself in any area in your relationships, in your finances, at work, with your friends, you know, your own sovereignty. We have this self-justification index. And unfortunately, human beings are in a position where while everything is internal, we look on the outside because all of our senses tune us into the outside. And so when it comes to something like imposter syndrome, we're constantly viewing every person, every tree, every animal through this built-in lens of a threat somehow. And how is it that by trying to 
impose knowledge on someone else, exchange information with someone else, provide value in some way, how is it by doing that, I feel threatened becomes the clue because imposter syndrome is just a threat against yourself. And so not to get into the disempowering narrative that you typically hear in spiritual culture about how the ego is, is, you know, going to mess you up somehow. The ego is, really is the bridge to everything. And the ego is part of the built-in information processing system that we have because our brains are meaning-making machines. Yep. And so the ego is just trying to tell you, I perceive a threat. However, there's some information on the other side of this threat that is going to lead to progress and lead us towards being of service and being of value and being sovereign. And the ego, it's just a construct. And the more things you have which that can identify with, the deeper your imposter syndrome or any other kind of obstacle. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. And you're right, because it is, um, very, like you said, most spiritual practices go, ego is a bad thing. Ego is actually a really great thing. And if you really learn to play with the dark side, as they, as they like to call the ego, you know, it is going to be what educates, informs, and transforms your life the most. Um, and it's learning that, like you were saying, it does go on the attack mode. Um, but when you start to acknowledge that it's just seeing itself somewhere else, um, and you start going, okay, what can I learn from this person? This person can teach me a little bit more about myself. You're then able to then reflect that back and start being more of who you're meant to be period. And so, um, I, I love that breakdown that, you know, it truly is the ego going, Oh, Oh, this is someone, you know, it's seeing itself and it's not comfortable seeing itself because then it knows that you are, if you're, if you start becoming consciously aware, you know, that you're seeing yourself, that you're going to start meeting your higher self all the time. And you're going to not necessarily like rely on the ego less. You'll always need the ego, but your that negative narrative that goes around the ego so much will start to dissipate and you'll start finding that light and you'll start finding the happiness a little bit more. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you're always going to have dark times. You're always going to have dark thoughts from time to time, but ultimately the ego likes it when you're in that darkness a little bit more. So I could see, I could definitely see that it being feeling like attack, you know, Oh, this person's like attacking me, but it's, you're, it's just a reflection of who you are trying to be. And it's kind of nervous for you to know, to notice that, so to say. So yeah, I love that. That was a really great concept. Absolutely. Yeah. And if I can add a bit more to that, because yeah. you explained it so, so wonderfully that it is, it is really only that emotional charge, that sting that comes with something that people run from. And it is hard to get people to admit that it is only that. And so the problem becomes cultivating the willingness to always look behind this thing that just kind of hits you. And it, 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 I still haven't figured it out. After going on eight years of doing this work professionally, I still have not been able to figure out why it is those who do not want to become better are so afraid of just feeling that momentary sting and 
I try to, I do my best to work with people who, and this is where it's going to get a little bit more controversial, who have already done a certain level of work and they've awakened to the concepts that we're speaking about. So that when I get there and I tell them, okay, here, here's a few things that I usually tell people. Okay, so imagine on this side, you have your rational mind. And imagine on this side, you have all your emotions, the emotional part of your brain. Now, somewhere in the middle, these are two types of information processing systems. And somewhere in the middle, there's wisdom. Now, how do we get to that wisdom? By figuring out what this is saying and questioning it and, and figuring out what ration, rationale says and questioning that. And then figuring out what actually rings true, what makes sense for us. And then we move into other techniques like perceptual repositioning. What would my friend think? Your wisest friend, not the idiot that you gossip with, just by the way, like someone who's living life, someone who is doing well for themselves that you can get information from that's going to serve you because a lot of people make the mistake of looking to a parent or a sister or a brother or somebody like that or some friend that has no clue about what they're talking about for information and when you enter into a feedback loop which is what i try to encourage people to do you want to make sure that the feedback you get isn't just static you want to make sure that it's information you can continue to process because before wisdom precedes application and so you want to be around people who have done what you want to do who have done the work surrounding a particular situation whether it's your relationship or your business or whatever the case is that can advise you from this position of wisdom and that's the only way we can become authorities in our own lives that's the only way we can become sovereign by questioning everything because you might know something to be true now and then two months down the road, it's no longer true. Yeah, very right? true. Yeah, very true. That's a very true statement. <laughs> so you have to you have to get very comfortable with knowing you're always going to have emotions. And it, let me tell you something. The rug can be pulled from underneath you at any moment. For sure. And, and so along with that philosophy, I'm very simplistic with people in that I tell them, the mind is only ever asking you one question and it's, is it okay to keep this? Mm. So if you think of your external circumstances being exactly the same as your internal circumstances in the way that it's a bucket and it's full of marbles and you have a trash bin over here and you're saying, okay, I have this big collection of marbles and you look on the outside and you see, oh, there's marbles out here too. I better get those, put them in the bucket and look at them and see which ones I want to keep. And so you take all the cracked up ones and all the, the ones that you just don't think are you're going to be able to play with anymore. And you put them in the trash bin. And so for people, it's, it's imperative the way I do things that people are willing to admit that, you know, that little emotional sting is just another way of the mind saying hey is it okay to keep this because it's really backing up the system here you know we got to delete this so we can make space for the other things that we got to get along with and you a person needs to know 
what are my dominant senses? Because that's how we're receiving and processing information. Am I auditory? Am I kinesthetic? Feelings, emotions. Right, visual. Do I, do I smell things? <laughs> do I taste things? Am I a visual person? Yeah. And it, what, what I want to touch on as well that I find is very controversial is that a lot of coaches are, you know, they go and get their $25 certification. And the only question that they really have in their arsenal is, what does that look like for you? And that will drive a person crazy if they're not a visual person or if they're in so much confusion that they, you know, they can't, they, they have can't. so much anxiety about daily life that you say, what does that look for like for you? And all this other information comes flooding in and they, and they become like tweak on South Park. It's so much pressure. <laughs> and, um, you know, it can't really do anything with that. And you have to take the time to cultivate that inner peace and cultivate that ability to listen for yourself to lead other people, but to lead yourself through anything is the way of empowerment. So how do you do that? You use all your faculties, you learn how to use them. How do I learn? How do other people learn? You have to become absolutely present so that when the mind says, hey, boss, is it okay to keep this? You say, okay, annoying secretary. No, it's not. <laughs> right? Yeah. And a lot of people don't know that you can simply do that. Yeah, I think, um, you know, kind of starting back at the top with, you know, emotions and rationality. And, you know, uh, we are such an emotionally driven meat sack um, that, you know, we're constantly feeling into everything 24 seven. And what's really important is the concept of being like rational and, and being real. And so I, I have a neuro linguistics reprogramming cert and, you know, so we do a lot of like the more taking the emotions out of the moment and being present and getting to the root of the cause. And, you know, um, you know, because of our triggers as children and the things we've learned and stuff like that, most people aren't taught to um, see if something genuinely resonates with you and whether you should or shouldn't keep it. But a lot of us have this emotional attachment to these, these irrational thoughts. And so we think it's, it's what's best for us because it's been thrown on us culturally or economically or whatever it is. Um, but really um, with the NLP, we like really, really go to the root of leaving the feelings at the door and being honest and upfront about what is here. And like you said, the present moment, what is showing up and the reason why it's showing up. And so, um, people have to stop being so emotionally charged all the time because that's where we have our downfall. It's very important to be emotional creatures and to experience emotion, but it's not important to let emotion drive our decisions as much as people think it is. And so, really big on that concept as well as like allowing a little emotional tie. But when you do the emotional tie, you always have to go back to, like you said, is this actually in alignment for me now? Or is it something that I can recalibrate to fit the new being that I've stepped into. And I talk about it a lot. We're constantly changing. You are not the same person you were five minutes ago. This morning, I even put a post up that says, you know, we're different day to day and we have to meet ourselves wherever we're at in that, in that moment that we are. And so, you know, if I woke up today, last night, I went, or if I went to bed last night and I was happy and I was feeling good, but this morning I woke up and I wasn't feeling as happy as I thought I would, I would have to meet myself there. Okay. Why aren't you happy this morning? Did you not sleep well? Right not 
go directly into the emotional aspects of I had a terrible dream and my, my life feels over or something, you know? And so I'm really taking time to just put the emotions aside. I love the rational thinking as coaches. That's what we do. We help people get more rational, more real and see more perspective. Um, because we actually leave that emotional side to the side. And so I, um, wanted to just say, I really agree with that as well. And, um, I kind of like, I talked about in one of my podcasts, but ultimately from the neuro-linguistics programming, I have this, I've really cultivated a good relationship with myself to where if I'm going down this kind of dark rabbit hole, I, I kind of like, Oh, wait, wait, why are we going there today? Like, what's on your mind? Like, why are we, why are we being this way? And it's, and then it goes into, okay, well, you know, I've had too much on my plate and, you know, I need to get better organized or, you know, or I am emotionally charged from an event that happened a few days ago and it's still lingering within me. And so I always really encourage people to like, start cutting yourself like at the cord of wherever you are. So when you're going down those rabbit holes it you subconsciously then consciously start to pull yourself back and you start to be your own, um, as much as we don't want to say it, our own therapist in a way where it's like, you're having a good conversation within yourself, because if you start cultivating that healthy connection with yourself, uh, you're going to have better connections with people, period. And so it's going to benefit you in the long run, but you most certainly have to start nipping yourself in the butt when you're going into those deep states and go, okay, let's not go emotionally. Let's go rationally. So I really, I'm all into, I'm all into that. I live for that. Yeah. So I'm really glad you said that uh, because that opens up the platform for me to let go and unleash on more stuff that I'm sure that many of the listeners know. However, it's good to continue to rehash this and keep going through it as you learn and you grow because you can't remember everything all at once. And if I had to summarize everything that you said, it was work with the mind and not against the mind. For sure. And people people are oftentimes unaware or they're just they're either afraid of what could happen if they let go of this thing or they just don't know how simple it can be to speak to yourself with some respect and like you were talking about try to notice what's going on for you and i i have i have studied uh neurolinguistic programming i've studied hypnotherapy i've studied a cognitive behavioral therapy and you already know this, all of these things all interlap. Yeah. They're all the same knowledge, <laughs> just different. a different way. Yeah. And I would absolutely 100% advise everyone to go and take the damn $25 NLP certification. <laughs> it's so cheap because as much as we don't want to assume the position of victims of life, we are only victims to our own thinking. However, a lot of that is dictated from other people, other places. And so in every moment of the day, we're being pulled towards the subconscious programs of others via uh, family systems, the media, whatever culture we're exposed to. And so this is what keeps us in patterns of behavior where we create mediocre circumstances for ourselves, where we create these poor emotional environments. So in music, uh, I, I'm a musician. So in music, the definition of a vibe is the emotional atmosphere. 
And you want to think of your brain as an emotional atmosphere. And you kind of want to notice what's going on because simple questions like you might be having a pretty bad day because a lot of things are going on. There's chaos around you. But the question is, can you be with that? And so the thoughts that you're having about this thing, it's very simple. You say, okay, so for what purpose is this serving me? And you will get an answer. If you just listen, if you take 30 seconds, you listen, you'll get an answer. And the answer is probably going to be coming from what we said before about the ego giving us information about what the threat is. And I'm not saying baby yourself, but I'm saying to speak to yourself with some respect and you say, okay, I understand that. So thanks for telling me that. Right. And what, what does this mean? Right. Yeah. Cause if you get caught in the feeling rather than the meaning, then you're going to just go around in circles and you're going to live a life that's incredibly miserable because it's up and down all the time. Right. And you want to, you want to use your 5% of conscious awareness <laughs> to access these programs, right? So the subconscious mind loves repetition and your behavior is shaped by whatever is drilled into your head. And so there's a good chance that everything that you do is as a result of something in your environment on repeat. And anybody that's read anything by Joe Dispenza knows that he's done all this scientific research and it's right there. It's right there. Him or Bruce Lipton, you can find very easily their books and they will tell you all of the research that's gone into figuring out how the subconscious pretty much dominates everything that we do. And, you know, the subconscious mind means well and it's responsible for all all your bodily functions and, and whatnot. However, it's always scanning the environment for repeating patterns because this is how it keeps you safe. And it wants to know what the common things are and what the majority of people are doing because that's what it considers to be safe. And we often are not the authority on our own lives because the subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's on the computer or what's going on in other people's lives, you know, what's going on on CNN or some conflict at work, the emotion overrides that. And then you're back into a program again, that's keeping you in a particular way of acting. And so you never really find a solution to your problem. And you think that maybe you're working on it, but what you're really doing is finding new ways to do the same thing. And this is because every behavior has a a positive reward behind it. So human beings will pretty much emulate any behavior which has a positive reward associated with it, even if it is evil, even if it's a destructive habit, even if it's, you know, cutting off somebody that you really cared about because you wrongly assumed they said something that was ill-intentioned. It stops you from asking the questions that you need to ask this person in order to get along, right? And its subconscious mind really only knows what's happening right now. So it can't really gauge what is the past, even though we tend to live in the past, the subconscious mind doesn't give two flying monkeys about that. It's like, what, what is what's going on in the past or future is neither here nor there. It's just looking for how to apply uh, this program to the present moment. And it's looking to get that positive reward. It's looking to get that safety. And so you see how the subconscious mind and the ego are out behind you in the back of your head, just laughing at your ass all day long, 90, 95% of the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> so 
that's why mindfulness in business or in any atmosphere is so critical that you you walk the path of self-mastery because when you can bring yourself back to using your conscious mind to notice that there is a program running, even if you just put that on hold for a second and you do something different to what you ordinarily would want to do, that's your power. And in the business world, it's not going to be a perfect situation like ever. <laughs> yeah, it's very stressful. It is. Um, the thing about, you know, business is it, it's, you have to be willing to fail to succeed. And a lot of people are very nervous about the concept of failing at something or fucking something up to where they just won't go for it. Um, or if they do, they go into that imposter syndrome, like we've been talking about where it's like, they have a lot of knowledge, but they don't think it's knowledgeable enough or valuable enough. And then they start to second guess themselves. And then, you know, they're spiraling into this pitfall. And, and so, you know, I talked to someone today, um, a new client and I said, you know, failure is success. And if you start learning to change the narrative on how, you know, we view so many things um, and have such a negative connotation attached to pretty much everything you do, um, if you start really switching the vocabulary around, you start really falling in love with the failure in life. And I've had a lot of fuck ups. I'm not perfect. Um, a lot of, you know, especially when dating, a lot of guys look at me and go, well, she's got her own business. She's like, uh, she has a presidential campaign active. She's like, you know, doing her thing. She's this yogi. She's mindful. And I always remind them, like, I'm a work in progress. I'm not perfect by any means. But it's just like people think that after hearing those kinds of things, they're like, I'm not enough. I'm not doing enough. I need to do more. You do whatever is comfortable for you and you do whatever makes you feel good. And if getting your life in order and doing business stuff is important, then do that. But, um, the negative connotation, I find that I've had the most success in my life because I've failed. I have fucked up. I've let people down. I have let myself down. And I enjoy that wave. I have no shame in my game, as I say a lot. Um, you know, I'm not ashamed or upset with myself or not being in a certain spot by a certain age. Um, you know, I just, I don't live by man's laws, man's opinions, man's perspectives. Um, they are null and void. And I've always been like that. And it's always allowed me to thrive in the way that was best for me. But I've really taken the concept of, Failure is failure. It's not that. It's actually a lot of success if you're willing to learn from the lessons that it's giving you and, and, and allow it to move you forward. And so I, like I said, I was just talking to a client where it was like, you know, success is failure or, or failure is success. You just have to believe in the lessons that you're being learned and shown and mindfulness and business and seeing your failures as success is so important. And it should never hinder your growth. It should maximize your growth. It should elevate you even more than you're already doing as, as is. So I, um, I just, I, I want to like remind people to turn these things that we've been told should be negatives into positives because they, everything, you know, the yogi in me is, you know, everything's working for you. Everything, you know, is <laughs> all, all, the, all the happy go lucky bullshit. Yeah. But if you, if you, <laughs> but the thing is when you start living life like that and believing those concepts, you realize everything can work to your benefit. Everything is a positive, um, is a positive because you're, if you take a moment to value that, 
to which is uncomfortable and allow it to teach you, um, you know, you're going to grow and expand. And so it really, um, it's so woo woo, you know, and it's so cheesy, but ultimately it can work for you. The failures, the negative thoughts, all that can work for you. If you learn to program yourself to start having a positive, uh, communication, uh, between your brain, your heart, your gut, um, everything that moves you forward into being successful or not being successful. So really glad you said that because let's assume that you have some new listeners or people who are new to the mindfulness journey. And you said that you're mindful and you're not afraid to fuck up. And that's exactly it. And the yogi in you wants to believe everything is working out for you. And that's great. And this is kind of a bone to pick that I have with the new age philosophy, because that in itself has been hijacked by all the people who hijack everything else to try to keep you in fear and keep you out of your sovereignty because your sovereignty is where your greatest potential is. Mm-hmm. And you have, you can't just use the power of positive thinking. You have to use the power of negative processing. Right. And you know, with the guys, Oh my goodness. Do I really want to get into this? I, I hardly have any male friends because as I get around them, I realize that they've all been turned into big infants. They've all been emasculated severely by the subconscious programming of, of the world at large. And it's all, the whole name of the game is subconscious self-sabotage, to be honest. Yeah. And in your case, you, I'm sure you're doing just fine because as a mindful person, you know that it's the negative things that build strength and character. And it's about, you know, maturity and strength of character only come when you're willing to grow up and out of the limiting ways of behaving and thinking. But how are you going to know that if you don't let them expose themselves? And we cannot become like the everything's always working out for me type people who then go directly to that mindset and try to affirm things into oblivion that are not going to happen that way because they're still carrying all this stuff under the surface about it and look according to research the cognitive neurosciences i believe say that the conscious mind is the creative part but it's responsible for free will and you can't will things away you can't affirm things away because one to five percent of our daily actions are coming from the conscious awareness point blank and the rest is coming from subconscious programming. So this means that 95% to 99%, depending on who you are, of your day is coming from your subconscious programming. If you're having negative programs, then for the majority of your day, you're self-sabotaging. And like you said, in dating, this is so evident because I date women who are tapped into what I like to call the Lifetime Movie Network narrative. <laughs> which they go on to act in a way that they think relationships should be this particular way, or they think that all men are bad and that it's really this battle of the sexes. But in truth, everybody's equally as fucked up. It's just your programs. It's how well you can take a hundred percent responsibility for your shit and yep. not project that on other people. And so if you're not being fully present by controlling your conscious mind, then the chances are you're just living in the past or the future or some stupid 
idea that you're trying to apply to every, uh, you're trying to put everything into the same box in every moment. And when this happens, who's running your life? Are you running your life or is your subconscious mind running your life via what everybody else is telling you you should do? Right? Yeah. So uh, the largest part of me about being mindful is that, it, like Socrates said, wisdom is knowing how little we actually know. Yes. And you will come across people all the time who are threatened by someone who's living in an empowered way because their subconscious programs are just so far down the spectrum across the board of everything that happens in their lives that they literally cannot understand what the hell you're talking about. They literally cannot see your actions as being helpful to their lives and they don't want to hear it. And it's kind of like the new age thing again, where, you know, we have all of this upheaval happening and it's happening for a really good reason. It's leading somewhere if the majority of people will be willing to take a look at themselves and see how they're playing into it and take responsibility for their actions in the moment. And it's, it's crazy because I love to, I love to use this quote all the time because I think it sums it up. It's Leonardo da Vinci. It's just, I think he says in life, there are people who see those who do not want to see and those who see when they're shown and some of those people who do not want to see are the ones who see it when they're shown it and they go no 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 la, 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 la. everything's working out for me so everything's positive and they begin saying their affirmations in the mirror not understanding that that's the five percent of their brain that they're talking to and not the 95 <laughs> percent yeah for sure and you have to be willing to do the deep diving into the you know shadow realm as a lot of spiritual people talk about you know the dark side of the moon kind of deal um and just kind of touching back on the concept of um living in the past, you know, um, and I heard it a while ago, but it's perfect for right now, but, you know, technically we live at least 80 milliseconds in the past. Uh, so even when you think you're present, you're actually 80 milliseconds past that present moment. And so you're technically always living in the past or the future. It's very rare that you're even at if you take an acknowledgement of the moment, you're already out of the moment. Um, when you're actually in the flow and not thinking about the moment, you're actually in the moment. And so I just want to remind people that like, we are always in a constant state for the most part of living past or future. Um, it's only when we take a moment to actually focus on our conscious breath or uh, just like right now, how we're talking. So I'm not, we're not talking. Uh, I'm not having a moment to think about what we just said. I'm actually engaging in this moment. So I'm living in the present moment, but you're always technically living in the past or the future um, from what, you know, science kind of says. And it's an interesting concept because, you know, we, we push so hard about this being present in the moment. And it's very hard to actually acknowledge presency in the present moment because we're always kind of in or out of it with our thought processes. And so, um, uh, and going a little deeper into the concept of the whole world, like everything's good, everything's great. Um, you know, I've been through a lot and so many of us have been through so much in our lives, um, have really dark childhoods and past. And, um, and the whole thing is for some of us, um, you know, we've taken those things that we went through and all we want to do is really um, 
make our lives better and help other people who struggle with the things we've struggled with be better as well. And so, you know, just having that mindfulness of, you know, you have to ex not accept, but acknowledge the things you've been through. You have to um, really deep dive into the history of what has made you the way that you are, whether it's your parents, your schooling, um, your church, your local communities, and continue to take that and see if it resonates with you in the present moment or in 80 seconds in the middle, <laughs> milliseconds past. Uh, but uh, just really, you know, knowing that the darkest places are the most beautiful places to be. The lotus flower is known to grow through the mud. So, you know, it's a big symbol in the spiritual community because it grows from being in darkness. It grows in a muddy, murky, murky um, environment that you wouldn't think things flourish, but we all flourish in the darkest, from the darkest times. And some of us flourish and stay in the mud and some of us flourish and grow out of the mud. Um, and so when we talk about that, like life is happening for you, it's that, that concept of like, you simmered enough into the darkness, into the mud, and then you found your way out into the light, but it wasn't without being in that shitty state, you know, that muddy state, that, that harsh state, did we get here? And so we always have to acknowledge our past and appreciate our past, um, and then continue to move forward from it. Absolutely. And <laughs> it's crazy because I, I love everything that you said. I You were just talking. I was just like, yes, ma'am. That is so true. <laughs> like, what do we, you know, what can we do? And it, people come to me all the time. And you know what they say, Lauren? They say, what does Eckhart Tolle mean when he <laughs> says, be here now? And I said, I'm going to choke Eckhart Tolle. <laughs> because so many people ask me that question. And what, all he's saying is, is exactly what you just said. But he's also stressing the importance of knowing what you filter. Like some things, some things are just not important. Yes. Some things, if you bypass them, and yes. you just let them go. They're just events. And it kind of goes into the CBT philosophy where you have this event that happens over here and then you have an emotional consequence over yep. here and it's only your thoughts about it yep. so if you get caught up in your thoughts about oh. something unnecessarily and it's like uh you're driving down the road and a guy on a bicycle flies out in front of you suddenly and that ruins your whole day then you know you got some work to do you like you're definitely not being present and also though another controversial topic is that there's actually there's actually several places you can find uh, this information. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up before I start speaking too much on it. There is a book by Dr. Tana Denin, T-A-N-A-D-I-N-E-E-N. -E -E and what she does is she has she and all her hypnotherapy buddies have gotten gone together and um They've gotten together and they've proven this is a, a book that's been written and rewritten several editions for the past decade on how the psychiatry and psychology industry are designed to screw you up. Mm. And it's called Manufacturing Victims. Wow. Yeah, I love it. I love when people ask me, like, what's the difference between you and, or a, a life coach or a business coach than a therapist? And I'm like, well, we're not going to live in the past for too long with me. We're going to get through that shit. 
and then we're going to move on because it doesn't matter anymore. So it's like, yeah, not like saying it doesn't matter, but ultimately, like you were saying a little bit before is, you know, you have an emotional tie to the past and you're still going to keep living through it where like with the coaching, like we live through it and we move on and then we use it to maximize our life. So I love that. So um to continue giving people the information about it the entire industry is designed to disempower you and now you know i guess there's nothing wrong with using the terminologies and stuff but we have all of these covert operatives and so i'm saying covert operatives but i'm gonna shorten that by saying co-opt co-opted where everything's been co-opted spirituality psychiatry uh psychology life coaching, it's all been co-opted by people with an agenda to keep you exactly where you are. And like I said before, keep you doing the same things in new ways. And it's very important for someone who's looking to get help to go and find and, and really investigate these different things and investigate who they're going to work with, because you can pick up ideas from someone that will really, really screw you up in the long run. And it's not about the money. It's about the quality of the information you can get. This paradigm about you need to work and charge your client $1,000 or whatever for a session because that'll make them get serious about doing the work. Well, I haven't found that to be true. So I've subsequently dropped my rates (laughs) in the past few years because there's people that will just come to you and be like, take my money. Okay, now I can listen to you talk and I'll never change. And there's, you can give them the best help and the best information to apply. And if they don't apply it, they don't go anywhere. Or if they go home and their entire environment is disempowering yeah. and their beliefs are rooted in that and they're actually, at the end of the day, very comfortable with that, you've just done something that's incredibly out of integrity by taking thousands of dollars from somebody for absolutely no reason. You haven't given them any value for that. And so that's not fair to people. And I believe it was in 1936 that this whole agenda began where they basically said, hey, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to get together. We're going to get all the politicians and all the education systems and everything institutionalized in a way that we dumb down people so that we can make them think that something's wrong with them. In any way possible, we can make them think that. Let's do it. And people don't want to accept that that's the kind of world that we live in. And that's because they don't want to take 100% personal responsibility for everything that they do. Like, you can see that shit, know that it exists, and bypass it by doing the work on yourself. And it will never affect you because when you, and this is where we talk about manifesting your vision for yourself, you, you have to expect what you think is impossible to occur. Oh, yeah. You, you, you have to know that we live in a participatory universe. And so that means the creator creates the evil as well, but the creator created you and you act on behalf of this creative force to create anything you want. It may take some time because we have a three-dimensional realm and we have to use our hands and our feet and our brains. But hey, guess what? You don't have to be screwed. You can actually do it. Like you can actually do whatever you want Everyone says this, including so-called conspiracy theorists, but he's actually a a conspiracy researcher, David Icke. He says this, like the whole world is crumbling around down around us. Maybe the, maybe some reptilians are trying to kill us. Who knows? 
I just do the research and I live my life anyway. And he tells people in a very empowering way the same narrative about the truth of who we are as consciousness. And you don't even have to worry about it. it. It's better that you know what's going on and you have multiple perspectives from which to manifest what you actually want to experience because everything could be in the middle of a nuclear explosion and you're manifesting safety from that by going after what you think is your fullest potential. That's basically the long and short of his message. So you have to know these things. And I encourage people to go and check out, especially someone like you who's entering into politics and you're looking to bring uh, your best self and bring value to people and uh, restore things to some semblance of normalcy, if we even can put a definition on it like that. <laughs> it's the Citizens Commission on Human Rights. Yeah. And essentially... It, it's cchr.org and there's plenty of documentaries that people can go and see what the what the real deal is about the way things are and you can read that book manufacturing victims as well by tana denine and um to move it on to a, a way that people can easily digest this better it's that look there's a reason there's a coffee shop on every corner because caffeine shuts down your uh your brain it activates the limbic system and it keeps you out of sovereignty it makes you more programmable and so consciousness originates from the prefrontal cortex the front of the brain hmm. and if you can find ways to shut that off you can keep people dumbed down so if you're drinking a lot of coffee and you're drinking a lot of caffeinated tea and stuff like that you are putting yourself in a position to acquiesce to the programs of the culture outside the cult of personality and and that's a hard thing for a lot of people to hear because they don't want to stop drinking coffee. But unfortunately, for a lot of people that come to work with me, the reason why they're drinking the coffee, they, they you know, the best part of waking up is Folgers in my cup is because <laughs> the, the best part of waking up is not having to acknowledge that my entire day is going to be shitty as hell if I don't drink this cup of coffee. And that's the program, Right. And there's a reason why there's a Starbucks on every corner now for that. Even here in, in Barbados, they're, they're, they just opened their first Starbucks after so many years. And people are flocking to it like men. And of course, people are getting dumber than ever. So it's just as a result of these things. So if you're watching porn as well, you're screwing up your brain. Yeah. If you're, oh man, if you're buying into the narrative that depression is a chemical imbalance, you're screwing up your belief systems because you're telling yourself, okay, great, you're operating under the assumption of a cognitive distortion. A cognitive distortion is a mental filter. We pass information through this filter and judge everything else that happens in the world as a result of it. And so there's like 380 plus, I think 400 plus known filters that everybody shares. And one of them is something is wrong with me. Something must be wrong with me. And if you want to go, anybody that's listening, you want to go and read a book by Albert Ellis. He talks about masturbation, where you put these unhealthy musts and shoulds on yourself. And it's a part of your internal self-talk because you're passing everything through these filters and expecting everything to be that. And so you put it in this box and people love to identify because that's what the ego does. If I identify with this thing, I don't have to ever see myself as a fragment of consciousness that is infinite and unstoppable. And I can stay in safety, which means not living my fullest potential. And I can stay out of sovereignty and never really have to do the hard things. You get what I'm saying? And yeah. unfortunate, it's unfortunate that we have to speak on that because people always tell me, you can't say that. And I say, well, I just did. 
bye. <laughs> because yeah. you can't just look past this. People are people are really feeling the sting of that. Especially uh, since the pandemic hit, mental health is now what 93% global decline in mental health. Yeah, it was part of the plan. Right. Yeah. yeah. Don't want to get too conspiracy into it, but no, know. I don't want to get into um, the unspeakable truths. We don't yeah. want to scare people off, but yeah. But ultimately, a- we've we've allowed ourselves to give up too much power and control, mm-hmm. and um, you know, going back to into like the presidential stuff is like, you know, my whole campaign is actually just to educate, and so like starting this mindful business podcast was the beginning, and it's to, you know, bring the mindfulness. So on Wednesdays, I do a mindful, an actual full mindful um, cast, and so um, just we're like helping people find that mental stability, helping inform and educate people on business topics, and then eventually I'll have my political podcast where we break down the constitution and rights and things like that. But the whole point is to re-inspire and to educate people so that way they can feel re-empowered and realize that we, the many, outweigh the few, and we are supposed to have the most uh, control and power over our our governmental systems and that um, local government is the most important way to go rather than into um, federal government, which by state laws and stuff, you know, federal government controls the whole corporation of the United States and is only really supposed to be that foreign factor that helps us navigate our foreign waters where state legislation and local organizations are what's supposed to be the guiding force into our political purpose here in the States. And so everything I do is educational because I want to reinstill power. I want to spark excitement. And I want people to realize that we have so much more, um, again, power, we can really shift and change anything we want if we are educated enough and inspired enough to do so. And we've just allowed ourselves to drink too much coffee or masturbate or watch too much TV or listen to 90s depressing music or, you know, just things that don't lift, you know, because we know we digest everything when we're seeing what we put on our skin, what we eat. We don't just digest by eating. We digest by all the senses. And so if you're not mindful around what you're digesting, it shows up in your thought process. It shows up in your gut health. It shows up through cancer and things like that. And so it's very important to, um, to watch what we're digesting and then to reintegrate that positive, those positive affirmations through podcasts or positive movies or books or whatever it is that you, um, like or music. And, um, so that way you can reaffirm the power that is gifted to you at birth. And that's to be, um, part of what's important, which is the collective whole as, as it is. And so, um, I really, uh, agree with a lot of things you just said. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I have to commend you because I'm very impressed by your overall understanding of these things. You would be surprised how many people I speak to that they're coaches or they're doing things like this and and you talk to them and their eyeballs start rolling back in their head because it just, it doesn't compute. Yeah. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with these people, but I am saying it does surprise me how little investigation and soul searching and information seeking they've done. 
like the stuff with coffee it's really easy to figure that out it's it's coffee is a powerful psychoactive yeah there's a book called caffeine blues by Stephen Chernisky you read that you'll never drink another cup of coffee again until you deal with yourself uh sabotage (laughs) right so yeah no I get that uh so like growing up I've always been very different from what most people have systematically growing up um, you know, my mom put me in church. She didn't go to church, but my mom put me in church and I was like, I'm not going to believe in this man in the sky. And, you know, so right off the bat, (laughs) right off the bat, I was always a rebel with the cause, um, to, you know, really break the molds and really dissect the, the preconceived notions and ideas that have always been placed on me. And so at a very young age, I wouldn't say I was rebellious, but I was very inquisitive and I was always questioning, uh, at a very young age. And so unlike most people, they, they take all the things and they embody those things. I didn't do that. And so even as an adult and through the various lifestyle changes I've had, um, you can see, you can see that I have a very, not necessarily rebellious nature, but I have a very inquisitive nature. I have a very, um, curious nature. Um, it hasn't killed me quite yet, but it has, um, helped me kind of like find the depths of my soul and continue to work on everything that I am because I've been Lauren three billion different times in three different spaces. But the one thing that hasn't changed about me is that I have always been subconsciously mindful and I've been subconsciously curious and it's shown through in my conscious life because I have never been one to... I wouldn't say follow authority, but um, to question authority and to see past the veils of the bullshit that is always set in front of us. I've worked in politics quite a while. Um, I've done stuff with NASA in college. I've done a lot of amazing things with my life, but it's always through the power of believing that I can obtain anything that I want. um, And then saying like the preconceived notions and veils that have been put in front of me do not matter to me. And I don't live by man's laws. I live by my own and God's. And so, um, I really, you know, I, I am very different breed. I'm very lucky to be the way that I am, but it, it was something that was instilled in me at birth before I even came through, um, to this world. And, uh, I'm excited to shake shit up. Let's just say that. I love it. I am. I am a big fan of yours now. I love your energy. <laughs> it's amazing. Thanks. And I love your wisdom and your insight. And, um, we, we do share that in common. Um, I, I was born during, okay, let me say it this way. In 1986, there was a big energetic event called the Harmonic Convergence. Mm. I was born in 1987. And I believe that there are those of us in this age bracket who came in with all of the programmed information to be the rebels and Mm. and be the questioners from very young. And I was always like, you I was born in the middle of my mom's so-called spiritual awakening, which she, she soon went back to sleep. However, (laughs) um, it came to you. It, 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 it was basically, it was basically designed to facilitate my, my entrance into this world. Yeah. And so I was mommy's boy because I was her protector. I had, 
an alcoholic abusive father and um my sister i actually i'll tell you a story about that because people don't really believe that this is true but my sister was also uh, a very evil person and so if i can explain to people how compassion really works is you know you go through these things with these people and the more you understand about their personal story the more you can understand exactly why they make the choices that they did or made the choices that they did as it turns out i only found out recently that my dad was molested by a caregiver when he was a very young kid mm-hmm. and his mom was very evil she actually like drowned puppies and stuff like that and they were very very poor she would sell her body for money mm-hmm. and she would abuse them and tell them that they were never anything and so by the time i came along he was just repeating those programs and projecting them onto me to tell me things like you're never going to you're, you're never going to be a successful musician you think you're better than me because you you went to the best school in the country all of these different things and you know being a kid you you want to be there for your parent no matter what and so you sit on the other side of the phone your dad's telling you these things while he's drunk at work and you're just listening because you're like I wish there was a better way for my dad right yeah so that's how they get you they get you they enter through your heart space (laughs) and as it turns out with my sister um she turned out to become a very evil person and entity possession is very real yeah most kids go through this phase where they're in that hypnagogic state and they're playing in the energy and stuff and they play teacher and stuff and so my mom would notice that she would be playing classroom a lot after school and she would be very abusive to these imaginary kids and she had these imaginary friends and it it only occurred to us years after we disconnected and parted ways from them because we all just assumed they were regular run-of-the-mill narcissists (laughs) and uh you know there wasn't a name for that back then if you said to people what was going on they would say oh are you sure they're just they're so sweet and stuff but that's all the act right and it came I came to find out that my sister had all of the uh the makings of someone who's been taken over and so as I've spoken to several psychics on this and they've said yes she was definitely taken over uh from a very early age and basically she was never driving the bus after that point and um I experienced all the abuse uh, from them while still knowing that living in this disempowered culture of Barbados, I'm going to say it straight up. You know, if you guys want to throw rocks at me on the street, go ahead. I'll catch it and throw it back at you. Um, there is this concept of this is who we are, which under that umbrella of this is who we are. And it's actually how they program people on TV. There's a whole theme song that goes along with this is who we are. And, it, and in the video, it shows us all the slave culture from the past and all the disempowering ways, you know, grinding on people in an overtly sexual manner and drinking alcohol and and behaving like an idiot, um, all the things that steal your self-esteem. And people just go along with that. As soon as the commercial comes on, people, I, their eyes glaze over and they go on with that. And we're talking about a culture where they still play the same 40 songs on the radio every single day, day in and day out since the 1980s. <laughs> and so there really is no you know you can you can just turn on the radio for 10 minutes and you can figure out what people are identifying with you listen to the call-in programs and stuff you you get a concept of what 65 percent of the population is really playing into and those who 
maybe an, an additional 20% of, of those who are not in that category still don't know what to do. And so the majority of people move away from here and become successful and they never come back because there is like, it's kind of like that thing that happens in Harlem where the people in the ghetto don't want to see each other get out yep. at all. And the programming and the culture around it is you, you stay where you are because you'll never be anybody. Yeah. And anybody that wants anything more than that, you're the enemy. And so you get they get trained to keep everybody else playing small by attacking, wanting to do something. So having said that, it's a place where not even the mainstream spirituality or new age philosophy or anything like that has really been able to get in to get people to think any more critically about being stereotypically dominated by the religious uh cult i should say you know the same one that you mentioned about that angry old man in the sky that throws lightning bolts at gay people <laughs> that guy like that's literally how it is uh, up until a couple of months ago it was literally illegal to be gay in barbados so yeah. uh this is you know this is where i live <laughs> and uh it's by choice because if i've realized over the years that that's by design that's where the work is that's where the acceptance and the undoing of the programming is at and so I feel as though I, I have, to a certain extent, lived a life that has been largely removed from that. And it's felt like I have been living in a dream the whole time. I, from the time I was about six years old, I remember resisting the inculturation because there's a, a poem that they make you memorize and recite at all the public schools. And, you know, it's all the letters in, in, in the word Barbados and it they all mean something an acrostic poem and you're supposed to memorize it I've never memorized it I can't tell you what it is up to now and so they use it at political rallies when they're spinning their propaganda and stuff you know this is what we're going to do to you and you're going to love it kind of thing then they they do it and then they trigger your compliance by saying the first sentence of this acrostic poem and people's eyes glaze over roll back in their heads and they just see them all stand at attention they start reciting this poem and i saw that when i was a kid when i was at school and i was like nah, nope not gonna happen and back to what i said about my mom uh going through her spiritual awakening she was reading all the, the books on oprah's book club so wayne dyer sylvia brown uh deepak chopra iana vans and those people and getting that concept and i would i would be exposed to that and I would see it. And I that helped internalize this idea that everything that we know, just something just isn't right about it. So unfortunately for me, um, what went along with that was she would never allow me to be, she would always be driving angrily home from school or something. I tell her something happened at school. She's like, I'm not going to let anybody indoctrinate my child. because So eventually I got pulled out of all the religious studies classes and stuff like that. But that led to abuse by these people because evil always sends well-intentioned people to do its work. And these people would be like, oh, you think you're better than us because you don't want to participate in religion? Well, you're going to burn in hell. You're, you're a sinner. Yeah. You're, going to do, you're, you know, you're never going to do this. You're never going to do that because God doesn't love you. And so a lot of the unconscious beliefs that I was carrying was that I'm unlovable. The creator doesn't love me. All these different things. And as a musician being the worst kind for a culture like this um if you could imagine me with long curly hair all the way down my back 
and eyeliner and black nails and black clothing and biting the head off bats and stuff like that as a rock musician uh you're automatically the devil and i had to deal with that the religious persecution that went along with that they're just not being a part of the herd because i don't think like them i don't like the same music i don't i, I think calypso is trash to be honest sorry anybody that likes likes that music but hey it's a programming device deal with it and so is rock music though yeah it is. yeah yeah oh but yeah. it was so much more empowering than this that i chose the lesser of two evils and i went along with that culture but I, it, what what kept me doing it is because when i was about and i know i'm talking all about myself for a long long time i don't usually do this no. um when i was about nine years old i remember going home in the car and i was falling off to sleep i had this vision of myself holding a guitar walking up and down a stage and i was like what does this mean because i'm a kid i don't know what any of that is i hadn't been exposed to mtv or anything yet and i just knew that was what i wanted to do for the rest of my life forever and ever and that's actually what led me into coaching later on in life because i excelled at uh i excelled at playing guitar in such a way that uh, people began to take notice of my abilities and you want to talk about manifesting i was quite a heavy fellow during my teens because i carried all of this dense information in my morphogenetic field and i decided okay it's time for me to get over this and start doing something for myself because i'd fallen into the sex drugs and rock and roll trap and allowed myself to become very unfit i remember just standing there trying to play one song at the beginning of a two hours show and breathing heavily. And I was thinking to myself, Oh God, this has to stop. I got to figure a way out of this somehow. And um, all I would do was I would get on a, a treadmill and I would run, I'd put on my favorite music and I'd think about being out of this country. I'd think about being in the band that I was listening to or whatever, being on stage, playing with them. And so back to the manifesting thing, I would put so much energy around that, so much intention and so much focus on the discontent that I had with being here. I didn't want to be here anymore. I didn't even want to be alive that after trying to take my own life several times, I eventually reached a point where I was like, Jesus Christ, I can't even kill myself. Right. So I got to figure out something else. And it wasn't until I had that moment of just absolute frustration that uh, I actually had a very profound experience uh, where I went into this space. I saw the this brown murky place and it was kind of like a jelly all around me. Like I was in a brown dirty jello basically. And I could, I figured out later that it was myself saying, look, buddy, you got to go back. Like, this is not, this is not it. This is not what's supposed to happen. And when I came out of that, I was a completely different person. I became very interested in getting my stuff together. And that sent me into even more overdrive, working out a lot more and visualizing where I would rather be. And after that experience, it wasn't until maybe three months or so after that, someone just randomly sent me a message on Facebook and they were like, hey, I love your music and I think you have a, a tremendous amount of talent. And they're referencing all of the accolades that I had at that time, which one of them was I was number two out of the top 25 guitar guitarists you've got to hear. And this was in America and I was still in Barbados and I was competing with um, top 40 radio guitar players oh. in that position. I wasn't able to appreciate my accomplishments at that 
time because I was so low, but other people saw my value. And this person ran a radio station and they were able to help me get my visa to go to the United States to study music. And so I went to Nashville and learned everything there was about audio production because that, that was one of my dreams. And I learned so much there. And I, then I got exposed to the new age culture there because it's a huge community of creatives and they're all yeah. striving for what's, what they know is within themselves. So I traveled from there with like Alice in Chains for anybody that's a metalhead, grunchhead or whatever, listening to this. I learned all about that culture. I did stuff there. And eventually my manager at the time turned out to be kind of crazy. And it turns out that her intention wasn't so great. She wanted to, to have a little boy toy. And I, I wasn't buying on with that <laughs> because I was just, I was just trying to get myself in a frame of mind where I was working and, and growing and, and moving into this next phase. And so I, I had been signed to a record label in the past that was based in Pennsylvania. And so I traveled there because the guy was like, look, buddy, don't give up on your dream. And he was all into like the coaching stuff. He'd done a few courses and whatnot and gotten certified in a few things. And it was his mentoring and his talking to me that eventually um, helped me find more books and stuff. And I started reading about CBT and stuff at first and applying it in my own life. And eventually I was out at a gig and this guy, this tall blonde guy tapped me on the shoulder and he said, Hey man, I listen to you. I saw, I saw that you have a tremendous affinity for leadership. Have you ever heard of coaching? And I just kind of went, what, what's that? I turned around to finish speaking, speaking to the sound engineer, turned around to talk to the guy and be like, Hey, you want to get a drink and tell me more about what you were saying? And he was gone. I searched the entire bar. He was gone. And I like to refer to that as like my angel moment. So I went home, I Googled it. Of course, I came across like personal coaching with like, you, you, know, you know, your body exercise stuff. And then there it was, coaching, become a certified life coach. And so I started reading all about what it was. And I said, that's a thing. And I did a lot of reading on it and stuff and lots of books about, you know, the Anthony Robbins and stuff of the world. And mm. that's really how I ended up getting on this path. And it only, it only clicked to me that what I had been seeing when I was nine years old in the back of the, the car was my future and where it was leading me, not necessarily as a performer, but the path that I would take to get to this position of leadership. Because I was always the kind of person that I, my mom would tell me I'd bring home strays because all the other kids at school would be like, you know, they, they got a problem automatically come to me and I would be like what is it about me that these people just automatically dump their problems on me and of course I take them home with me <laughs> and um that's that's my story that's how I got from the darkest times of my life to here so I've always been like you I've always been a rebel I've, rebel I've always realized that there's been stuff projected on us from the outside that doesn't make any sense yeah. And, may, and, you know, maybe it makes sense for some people, but it doesn't make sense for me. Yeah. Well, it only makes sense for them because they're still so deep into that pre-programming and not consciously, subconsciously aware, you know? And so, um, 
they're still living and, and whatever they were taught as children or whatever they've been taught through school or college and, and not they've never taken the time to really dig deep and, and explore more and ask the question, you know, does this genuinely resonate with me? And so thank you for sharing your story. Um, and it's beautiful because you're right. Like you were seeing this future, but you weren't seeing the end result. You were seeing a way to get to where you were meant to be, which is in the coaching realm. And you are, um, very smart and you've done a lot of research and, and, I really value all the uh, opinions you've given today. And uh, I, you know, just touching back on where, where we started with the conversation, which is, you know, those limiting beliefs and those habits that sabotage you and, and how for so many people, they never step outside the box or they never question what's outside the box. And in order to like get mentally stable, um, you have to question those, those dark, dark sides of the moon. And you have to um, be willing to step outside of the box and not be so like fit in or, you know, care if you're the cool kid in the club and things like that. And so, you know, that mindfulness um, and gaining that confidence in yourself and your natural abilities um, is going to be what helps escalate you into the business life you're meant to be in. Um, and you can see that through your life and you can see that through mine is our tough times are continuously questioning our, our willingness to evolve and to expand and to leave things behind is what has brought us to these moments to be successful and to um, be a supportive role and serving our community and making people um believe in themselves, believe in the ideas that they have. And I just really love that. We really all have the same story. You know, we all come from very similar backgrounds a lot of times and we all feel like we're alone, but if we really stop and, and, and engage with people and listen to people's perspectives, you realize that like, we've really been through a lot of the same things. Um, and so, um, I think this was a really great conversation and I, um, definitely, have a little more mindfulness to dig into even within myself, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. uh, uh, thank you. Did you have anything else you wanted to share? Well, I absolutely. Since it's the mindful business stuff that we're talking about, I, I want to tell one more part of my story to kind of let people know, look, if you're, if you have a, a vision for yourself, you want to start a business and you don't know what it is, that's okay. But do take that leap of faith because needing the money. Yeah. We need, we need money to eat. And one of the most important things that you can get for yourself is a roof over your head. However, I literally started from the bottom and now I'm here. <laughs> and when I was, when I was in the States, if you think about the, the rules around that, you have to get your visa, you have to maintain your visa, which takes money, you have to have a sponsor, which takes more pressure, mental pressure and money. And being a musician, you're not going to make that much money because especially in America, you spend all your money trying to get to the gig in the first place and get back home from the gig. And then you got to buy food, you got to pay your rent, you got to do all these things. So I was making just enough to get a a brick of coffee and a loaf of bread right and there were so many times where i was like man i am so hungry i am so tired i don't know how i'm gonna make it till tomorrow i was i started off sleeping 
on the floor in an apartment. The guy was like, well, you know, I have a room upstairs that used to belong to my kid. You can rent that, uh, but there's no furniture in it. And P.S. My ex-wife left it in a horrible state. And, <laughs> and like she'd like drank and thrown up and there were stains in the carpet. He's like, if you can clean it up, you can have the rent for cheap. Uh, do do what you will. So, you know, that to me was my definition of a, a horrible circumstance to have to start that was the soil that I grew in and you know I believed in myself I kept practicing music I kept keeping myself in the creative energy by learning everything there was about writing songs writing more songs I kept myself in gratitude I took every opportunity that came up to me even the really shitty ones and when they when they came up, I thought I was in suffering, but I, re, I, I reminded myself I was in learning and not in suffering. Eventually, somebody came along. They were like, hey, I heard you're into that spiritual shit. Here's a yoga mat. <laughs> I have to. And so I slept on the yoga mat and it was in front of a, a heater that was in the house. So that was how I kept warm during the winter. And, you know, eventually people gave me blankets. So I got a little bit warmer. Eventually someone randomly said hey so they didn't know that i didn't have a bed or anything like that so this is how the universe works if you continue to keep working with the energy you'll get everything you need somebody that just didn't know that was sleeping on the floor on a yoga mat said hey so my girlfriend's tossing out these things is there anything that you want she has a bed and i went what give me that shit so you know i graduated up the ranks in that way and everything that I needed, soon I had a room full of stuff. Soon I had coaching clients. I met up with a friend of mine who's like, so yeah, you're into coaching. Let's start a business. We started a company together. We did that for a few years while I was still trying to do the music and stuff. And then I got tired of that because he was having some issues in his own life and couldn't carry on with it. And around that time, um, my mom has thyroid problems. She had it removed. So this was like 20 years ago when standard procedure was just take it, take the fucker out. That'll fix it. And she'd done that. And so it, it basically means she's on a lifetime spiral of changing medications, which work for a couple of months and then they don't work. And you've got to change it and it works for a couple of months and it doesn't. And she had an episode where she w was unable to wake up when she was going to sleep. And doctor said, don't you know, you could have gone to sleep and died. You should have come to me sooner. And so that hit me like a ton of bricks because I realized I'd given up everything to live my dream and things weren't working out for my partner. And I wasn't in a position by law to take on a business and be the owner yet. Like there were so much more loopholes I had to jump through in order to be able to do that and I was like fuck it I'm just gonna go home see what's up with my mom and help her out and I'll work from there and I trusted that energy again and so I carried on all of this the clients and stuff from that company and they went away and then I was like okay now I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do now and that was when I branched out on my own and I was very afraid to rip that plaster off I was really afraid to come out from behind the company name and go off on my own and I did it anyway and it worked out yeah so in that short space of time it was because I was willing to let go of all that past journey 
it was like an influx of people who really needed my help came in. And I have so much stuff I don't know what the hell to do with. I mean, I'm not encouraging you to go out and get a bunch of stuff with your money, but it's just like I just keep manifesting every single thing because I believe it. Yeah. I really truly believe it. And as soon as I see a subconscious program, I go, nope, bye-bye. I do not want you. Yeah, I love that. It's, all, love- it's like being on autopilot. <laughs> yeah, I get told I'm I'm what you know some would call they call it a master manifester and you know um and it's just somebody who I think I've just done a lot of personal development to where you know I'm always in a state of openness and willingness to receive and um, willingness to believe that whatever is meant for me will come to me and whatever I need in my journey will come to me. And so it's a lot like you um, where, you know, I've had those moments where I've been maybe even tight financially and like out of nowhere, like, you know, money will like land in my lap or, and it's mostly just because of us doing so much personal development that we're able to be in this uh, abundant state. And so, uh, and it's through those like trusting and believing in those big dreams and listening to your gut, your intuition, listening to your, um, to the visions that you're shown and things like that. Um, so I really, I'm, I'm big on that concept as well. And trusting and believing, you know, walking by faith and not sight. Um, those are all like some of my favorite terminologies, um, to kind of like mantras, so to say, to really live off of, but when it comes to business and the mindfulness around it, you know, if that, if that, if you're supposed to be in that industry, the industry is going to work for you and you're not going to work for the industry. And I'm attest to that because with my company, I started it three years ago, now four, and I was um, branded as team business buddy. And I was a business coaching and web development company in the beginning. And, um, and through networking, I, um, I got asked to come out here to Charlotte to uh, almost rebrand into a digital marketing firm. And so not knowing where I was going, I just knew that there was a need for people who were like, oh, I don't want to build websites. It's not my thing. Um, and I was like, oh, well, I can do that. I've you know done a few. And it really became my bread and butter uh, along with coaching and teaching yoga. But I had no idea that I was going to rebrand into a digital marketing firm, which is now RW Business Solutions, and be out in Charlotte and be as successful signing clients left and right. Um, but I grew into it and I trusted when the call came for Charlotte to, to take the leap. And it has been um, one of the greatest transitions of my life at this point, um, because again, I didn't know I was going to be here, but I'm here and I'm thriving because I'm taking time to learn. I'm taking time to fail. I'm taking time to organize my thoughts and the needs of the company and my clients and my employees. And, and so what is meant for you is going to find its way to you. And if you just have to be willing to say, yes, uh, take that leap, trust and believe, mess up, um, and, and, and just try to find excitement in in those moments. You know, when I first got the offer to come to Charlotte, I was like, Oh, I'm not moving to Charlotte. No, I'm from Maryland. I'm, I grew up in the city. I'm not doing that. I'll commute. And then I came to Charlotte and I was like, Oh, I, Oh, I love Charlotte. (laughs) And I was like, well, I'm going to move out in September. And then it was like, no, 
everything was like, no, you're moving mid July. And I was like, nah, I'm not doing that. And it was like, you're doing that. And so, um, taking a moment to be like, okay, stop resisting. And once I stopped resisting, you know, getting my place came quick and easy. The first place I looked at applied for, I got, um, you know, transitioning out of my lease that I had just signed a new lease for my landlord ended up needing that space anyway for somebody else. And so once I made the decision and said, this is what I, I want to do. And I want to give it an opportunity, did everything line up to make this happen for me. And so, um, you know, I let go of those limiting beliefs that like, I have to have everything set up and organized and ready to go, or I've got to have more money saved. I let go of those things. and was just like, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Take me, take me, lead me, guide me, and I will trust this process. And it has been just such a thriving um, time in my life, um, you know, and it, and, and the thrive can happen in spurts and it can happen over long periods of time and it can happen in short bursts and it may happen for a few years and then go away. Uh, but you just have to be willing to keep on keeping on and trusting, believing um, that you're moving towards whatever's meant for you in the life. And so, you know, gotta let go of those old habits and beliefs. And when opportunities come, take them, jump to them, be excited for them, be, you know, let your passion for life fuel you. You know, I always say I lust for life. I really love life. And I uh, had a period where I've tried to off myself a few times as well. And, you know, now I'm in love with life and I find so much love in every moment some days that it's overwhelming. And, um, but it's also my willingness and my heart to be open to the concept of loving the moment and loving the opportunities and believing in those opportunities and in myself. And then my willingness to then open up and trust people and collaborate like we're doing here and seeing where things like that take me. And it's such a multifaceted life is so multifaceted and there's so many avenues like we've talked about to get us exactly to where we want to go, you know? Um, so just say yes and just push those thoughts aside and say, I got this. I don't need you negative habits and thoughts as much as you think I do. You know, I hear what you're saying, but I'm going to move forward from that and, and use it to the, to the best of my abilities. And so, like we said before, you can't succeed without failure really, you know, and, um, you just have to be willing to, to meet yourself wherever you're at and then take the opportunities granted and gifted to you. And so don't let those habits and those limiting beliefs really stall your forward movement. Let them be what propels you even further into the future. Um, so yeah, yeah. Great conversation. Absolutely. And thank you for saying that. I just like, I got to say it again. I love your energy and I love your stories. Uh, and what you said is so true. Everything that you, everything that you want is not on the other side of fear. It's on the other side of the work that you have to do. And yeah. I don't even I don't even know how to communicate this without saying that if you are aspiring to be a coach, if we must use that title, this this concept about only oh, you only have to be a few steps ahead of somebody to be a coach is nonsense because that's what, where we get so much of the original topic, the imposter syndrome from. Be a person of value who knows their values and lives from them in every moment because old experiences are going to continue to repeat until you learn to delete and reprogram the beliefs 
on a subconscious level. And when you're living from your values, it, it, you always have a compass to follow. And you can do like you said, you know, live in faith. And things will literally come at you, but you're just going to have to give up a little bit of some programming yeah. to get there. And then eventually you'll get to being in a position like us where we don't have to work very hard. I'm sure you experience the same phenomenon where you have to be very careful about what you talk about or it's going to manifest. And, <laughs> you know, the, the creator is more like when you get to that point, the creator is like, I see you, baby, shaking that ass. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> Throw, throws whatever it is you put too much energy on right at you. Yeah. It's like. Gotten in trouble with that a few times for sure. Yeah. And <laughs> be careful and so, what you wish for because it can definitely happen. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to dealing with the way that life is set up by uh, those that allegedly have the power, you have to remember investigating it comes from your, your own want to be sovereign and fuck the narrative, create your own narrative and live firmly according to that narrative. That's the only narrative that's important. And that's the only way forward. You have to continue to keep questioning. Oh, crap. I, right now, I feel like I'm in suffering. Why is that? How specifically? And the key word is specifically. The specifics on everything will put you closer to what you actually want. If you start getting stuff, you're manifesting stuff that you don't want. Why is that? Because take responsibility for it. Yeah. It's you doing it. Yep. You know, everybody else can do whatever the fuck they want to do. But hey, you're still there. You're in control. Yeah, yeah, you have some control of the wheel. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, where attention goes, you know, energy flows and brings in the manifestation. And so if you're constantly living in that state of lack, like most people say, or disturbance or darkness, that's what you're always going to perceive. But when you, again, like I said, almost start turning that negative narrative into something um, helpful, more of a positive mantra, you're going to start to see life in a very different state of being. And um, we've all had that victim mentality. Some still live in it. Um, a lot of us are really trying to grow out of that. Um, but the truth is even victim mentality is something you're going to go in and out of all the time you know, you're never going to be fully conquered. It's never going to be fully conquered. Yeah. It's part of the growth process. Um, so yeah. um, just really trying to respect the process of knowing that you are always a work in progress. You are never, you are perfectly you in every moment, but you are always going to be a work in progress. There is no such thing as being done. And um, all you can do is take the lessons you learn and um, try to use them to be the best you the highest you you can be for yourself but also for others because you know you want to live in that alignment of practice what you preach preach what you practice and uh, so I'm, I'm big onto that that language right there I try to be what I try my hardest to practice what I preach and um, if we all did that a little bit more I think we would support each other a little bit more and so hopefully like with our conversation today people realize like support people as they're changing as they're shifting as they're shedding the skins of their pre-programmings and be willing to meet people where they're at and try to like really just be compassionate and understanding and supportive in whatever way you can for yourself and then so that way you can be it for others in their journeys as well absolutely and it, there's you know even though things may look dystopian 
there has never been a better time to step out and start whatever business it is you want to start. The world needs more of your unique value, whatever it is that you need, because in, in finding a solution to that word that we can't say, or we'll get banned off all the platforms. Um, (laughs) that, that's, that's problematic. Yes. And yes, um, the pharmaceutical companies and whatnot have their solution, but your solution is by your living to live deeply rooted in your values from that place of integrity and provide service because that's also going to create more problems for people in, in trying to transition. Look at how many kids now need speech therapy or their brain's facial pattern recognition uh, bias is all screwed up because they've been alive for two years of the pandemic and now they don't know what everybody's thinking. All right. And there's so many other things that are non-medical as a result of that. So everybody needs a little bit of support. So don't think that just because stuff looks like it's crumbling, that that's an excuse to not be of value. Get out there and be of value. That's when you're probably the most valuable. (laughs) You're going through the shit and you share it. (laughs) Um, Absolutely. You know, life coaches, business coaches, we don't get to coach because we've never been through. The best coaches have been through the worst stuff and have turned it into a way to help motivate others. And so, like you said, you know, when the world's crumbling, that's the best time to inform people what it's like to be in the shit and still trying to be hopeful and know that you're going to make your way through it. I, I just, um, uh, had a conversation with a friend where I told him, I said, you know, change, you know, he's like, life gets really shitty. And I was like, you have this pattern every four to five months, I see you get like in this heavy, dense pattern where you feel like the world's crumbling or, you know, stressful. And, um, I told him, I said, if you can't change it, just know you're going to survive it. Cause you have already survived it. You're you've survived your whole life at this point. Right. And if you can change it, then you need to be that change. You need to create that change. And so, um, you know, I think it's really important to, you know, when the world is crumbling, don't shut down, open up more, and share, share those, those, uh, important moments, because that's what helps people evolve. That's what people helps people trust and believe in what they're feeling and what they're thinking and helps their rational mind start to grab hold a lot stronger. And so, um, you know, just not, don't lean too heavy into the feeling of the part, but, um, to what you can teach and what you can help others perceive. Absolutely absolutely there's so much to figure out just go ahead first at it man and lauren thank you again for having me on the show i've got a baby chicken here that's screaming for attention no problem and uh if it's okay with you i'll just plug where you can find me and what it is what it is i'm offering and get out of your hair for the day. Yeah. So uh, I'm Lauren with uh, RW Business Solutions here with the Mindful Business Life podcast. Today we had talked about, you know, um, self-sabotaging habits, their core uh, roots. Um, and it was just an honor to have you on. I, I love the conversations. Um, it's such a blessing to have moments with all people from all over the world you know, via Zoom and stuff. So thank you for taking time out of your day to educate, inform, and inspire. And I really look forward to doing this with you again sometime. 
Oh, thank you. I am very blessed and I am very grateful to meet you. And I hope that we are friends forever. <laughs> and um, if anybody wants to find me, all they have to do is go on Instagram at Jahan Sator. That's J-E-H-A-N-S-A-T-T-A-U-R or jahansator.com, same spelling. And you can actually sign up to my email list. Uh, it'll pop up after about 15 seconds and I will email over to you a personalized message with a copy of my navigation guide, which is essentially the equivalent of three coaching sessions that you can get started and you can do it on your own time. You just print it out. There's also other free workbooks that I have somewhere in the middle of my website. So you just go on and scroll somewhere to the center. You see, get your free workbooks. And by next month, I will have the Dream Chaser workbook, which will be a collection of 11 lessons that you can purchase instead of booking my time if you want to just sit down and work on things. And it's just all the wisdom that I've acquired over the past decade that's compiled into one workbook that you can do. It will have an audio component. I'm currently recording that and it will be released by mid-March. So hopefully uh, you can go and get that if you want and hit me up for deep meditation classes, my deep dive coaching packages and lots of subconscious reprogramming. Or if you just want to talk shit, hit me up. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. And um, thanks listeners for tuning in. If you need either one of us, uh, we will make sure the links are provided. Other than that, you guys have a best blessed day and we will see you soon.